Welcome everybody back to the Retro Popcast. I know it's been over a year since my last video, but life uh, finds a way. You know, things get busy, uh, and I realized it was a lot more difficult to record a podcast uh, than I had originally anticipated. Should have done a little more research. But um, last year, about, about the same time, um, was my last episode, and I am excited to get back to it. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And uh, I decided to pull in some help, so I reached out to my good buddy, Phil. Phil, how's it going tonight? I'm doing really great. Are you excited to be here? I'm very excited to talk about Charlie Brown. And I'm excited to have you here, too, because you're going to help me fill, no pun intended, a good episode. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> uh, so how you been, man? Good. Very good. Yeah. You enjoy, awesome. Enjoying your October? Yeah, the fall season's turned, the leaves have turned, it's beautiful outside when it's not raining. It's 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 a monsoon right now. It's wet and windy, and I love it, but I love it from inside, not outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've, we've carved pumpkins already, but the, the rain has uh, tormented them, and so they're starting to sprout mold. And Yeah, I saw them when I walked in. They actually looked really nice still. Very they're spooky. Very spooky, mm-hmm. very well done, nice and classic, you know, nothing... You know, you didn't carve in, uh, what is the, the Turbo Dogs or whatever that cartoon is. <laughs> no, no, we went uh, with classic spooky jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. The, uh, we did up, we did update it a little bit with uh, LED lights inside of it instead of candles, because we're not chumps. Hey, it, you know, it less waste, you know, you're saving the environment, or is using batteries more wasteful than... Using candle Find wax next time from bees. Retro podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like I said, we're going to be talking about Charlie Brown. It's a great pumpkin, um, and uh, I had asked you to come on because you had mentioned to me that you uh, you really feel Charlie Brown. You that he is your your spirit animal. I believe you said. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I I don't know. I, I imagine that I'm not alone. And feeling like uh, just really connecting with Charlie Brown more than most of the characters from the Peanuts series, and then just in a, versus a lot of characters and uh, traditional cartoons in general, he's uh, really sweet and well-intentioned dude who has some things that don't go great for him, but it ultimately comes around in the end. I feel like if he were created and popular today, he'd be an icon, right? Uh, one of the things I always wondered about is every time I watched a Charlie Brown cartoon or even the comic strip was like everybody is just has this disdain or disinterest in Charlie as a character. And it's like, I always wonder like, why? Like, did he, I don't know. Did he drop a deuce in the urinal at some point? And then everybody just kind of started. It's just a sad sad. It's just, yeah. I I think it's like, what happened here? He treats himself that way and other people just jump on board. I mean, Lucy doesn't help, but she treats everybody that way. True. I I think, uh, I I don't know. What's really, what I found really interesting even still though, is that, uh, like this, uh, this TV special in particular, there isn't a whole lot of focus put on Charlie Brown. No, no, there's not. It's mostly Linus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so uh, the, even at the end of the day, I still felt myself like paying attention to Charlie Brown. Yeah. You know, he, he was very much an ancillary character throughout the whole thing, but you still kind of focus on him uh, and just the, uh, 
the sadness that he exudes. I got a rock. Yeah, you know? <laughs> over and over and over again, and it's it's funny. Let me just take a sharpie and draw a face on the back of your yeah. skull, just because I feel like oh, it. So you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my goodness! So, uh, getting into the show a little bit. Um, this is a beautiful cartoon. Uh, it came out in 1966, and watching it growing up in the 80s, I just doesn't feel that old to me it still feels like it it came out in the 80s it doesn't feel like the, it didn't feel like it came out in the 60s um you know in the 60s we had uh what were we just talking about came out um you so, were mentioning yeah so like, the, the jungle book 101 dalmatians were two disney features that that uh bookended uh this uh, Charlie Brown movie. And yeah. then also Mary Poppins came out at that time. Right. So, like visually and then tonally and then even the pace of this movie is wildly different than all of those. The Disney movies are far more engaging and upbeat. I mean, this the pace of this is really meandering. It's slow. Very it has slow. No real story outside of Linus's pursuit of the great pumpkin. Mm-mm. I mean, it, it's got these weird breaks for uh, Schroeder just playing music. Oh yeah, uh, and then you know uh, Charlie Brown telling this really fantastical story of Snoopy, you know, f- as a fighter pilot right. chasing the Red Baron. Yeah, uh, just these weird sort of cutouts to those moments. It's so wildly different in so many ways than everything else that was happening at the time. Uh, but it's still really captivating. Very captivating. And going back to the story of, and we'll get into it later too, but uh, the, the that break in the middle of the show where Snoopy is just taking down the Red Baron, crashing and then crawling his way to across enemy territory. You know, it's like, where did Charlie get this good old Chuck get this story from like what? yeah and like where's that coming from yeah all the kids sit there and listen to him tell this story and then you get to see Snoopy interact with it yeah. and it's just so surreal it, it, it makes it, no sense at all yeah and we were talking about earlier it's like but it fits somehow yeah. it just it just works mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's amazing it's oh it's beautiful yeah so this uh this movie is really beautiful it was it was very uh, beautiful. I love the watercolor painted backgrounds, which harkens back to, you know, early Disney. One of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, animated films of all time is Sleeping Beauty. And the backgrounds of that thing is just, just gorgeous. And that's what I really love about this one. Yeah, well. absolutely. And it's really set off against the very plain uh, animated, the very plain character styles and designs. They're all just kind of like planted on top of these really beautiful watercolor backgrounds. Mm. And so especially during the Snoopy sequence, there's really not much else to look at aside from those backgrounds. The characters don't move much, but it's just so beautiful and captivating. Very beautiful. And, of course, you know, the music by Vince Giraldi. Yes, <laughs> of course, the music by Vince Giraldi. Everybody knows that that wonderful Charlie Brown music. I mean, you can't really get away from it. It's just... And we'll play a little bit of that later as well. So, um, but I think if you're ready, we'll start talking about... The actual special here. Well, I want to take a, or, a moment to okay, talk about right, Bill right. Melendez. <laughs> so Bill Melendez was the uh, the animation director of the movie. I think he was also uh, part producer as well. He was yeah. producer and animation director. And yeah. the voice of Snoopy in Woodstock. Oh, that's right. That's so right. he is All the right. voice of Snoopy in Woodstock. So, uh, evidently, uh, Schultz didn't think that, uh, that Snoopy speaking English would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so... 
uh, Melendez went into the studio and recorded a bunch of gibberish and mm. then mechanically sped it up to two different paces. Oh. One sort of, uh, Twice speed is for Snoopy, mm-hmm. and then furthermore for Woodstock to make oh. more high pitch. Oh noises. wow, I, I did not know and that. So that's how they did that, and they actually reused that for the recent CGI Charlie Brown movie. Oh, I did. I did hear that that they used all of his original um, voice acting um, recordings uh, yeah. for which for Snoopy and Woodstock. You think about it, it's absolutely amazing. Yes. They have this whole archive of uh, <laughs> like a famed and well celebrated animator making gibberish, right? Into a microphone, and then they turned it into you know Charlie Brown some forty plus fifty years later. It's amazing. Well, that's usually what I do in the microphone anyway. It's just gibberish. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's if you're awesome. still listening, Never, if, yes, if you're still listening. Uh, so, but he uh, he also did uh, Gerald McBoing Boing, which is a really sem- a seminal comic or rather animation hmm. uh, in a very similar style. It follows a little boy who only makes noises through sound effects. Oh, and is really enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, so it just his stamp is all over this, and it was I found it really interesting that he was the one that was tapped by Schultz to do this, yes. and all the other subsequent work. Yeah, yeah. Schultz, uh, I believe uh, Schultz sought him out. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, amazing. I mean, Melendez did a ton of work for Disney as well, mm-hmm. uh, but it just seems like, uh, I mean, just. I don't know, you think about the confluence of all the talent that got brought together to make this. Oh, yeah. And that Bill Schultz was a person heading that choice and making those decisions right. is really amazing. Yeah, and, and speaking of talents, like, you're bringing in, and a lot of people know this already, but they bring in actual children to come and voice um, these characters. is like, uh, how do you handle, like, half a dozen or more <laughs> children? <Yeah. laughs> it's like, I'm sure they didn't all come in at the same time to record, but, like, you know, like a lot of times now, you'll have multiple people recording at the same time to get that that more organic uh, mm-hmm. back and forth that you would want. Um, but I'm sure they were probably recording separately at that, that point. And kids have to go to school and, and working around a school schedule and stuff like that. You know, that's gotta be, it was, it was still amazing though. Uh, when you listen to that, because it's, it sounds like real children. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes it sounds like real children who are reading a script and sometimes mm-hmm. it sounds a little bit more organic, but there's so much yeah. charm to it. Yeah. And there's so much like, just sweetness to to the whole thing and then the fact that this was very obviously written by a smart adult right and so you've got these kids saying these like these witty one-liners and things like that to other children <laughs> yeah and it's just so like so sweet and fun yeah and uh a little tidbit about that is the voice actor for um sally towards the end of filming and recording uh, her tooth was coming loose a little bit uh, so they freaked out and I'm getting a little conflicting information here, but either, either they went to her house or they brought her into the studio really, really quick to finish recording her lines before her tooth fell out. So she didn't get that list for the whistle. Exactly. And yeah. I guess like right after she finished her last line, uh, her tooth finally had to fall out. That could be not an urban legend, I want to say, but it could be a rumor, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, uh, I did read that in multiple sources. So that's. Gotta be, gotta be somewhere in there. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that was pretty good. Celebrate the spookiest of holidays. It's the Great Pumpkin. Oh, good grief! With a Peanuts classic. Then, the Fat Cats on the Prowl. Give me. It's the Emmy-winning Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Friday. Melendez is just somebody I wanted to talk about oh, because okay. he's such a iconic figure in early animation, right? Right. In early American animation, yeah. Because uh, developing at similar times was this form of 
limited animation. Mm-hmm. You see it in Japanese animes where you have these long sequences where there's limited oh, yeah. animation with the mouth moving and nothing else is happening. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of spoken dialogue. Yeah. You see that kind of limit. You see a similar f- form of limited animation here in this piece, which makes sense considering the, the crew that made it, uh, which is why you have these long moments of like Schroeder playing the piano and oh, yeah. dancing. It's like yeah. the same animation over and over again. Right. Even the, the fight sequence is just a rolling background with mm-hmm. um, the Snoopy panel moving and slightly changing oh, yeah. against that background. And so those limited animation uh, saved, obviously, like weeks worth of animating time. Uh, but also brings out that really iconic style. Mm. And, uh, and Melendez was really known for that. Obviously not necessarily through his Disney work, where he was more of a character creator, right. but um, in his own productions, most of the Charlie Brown stuff, even the Gerald McBoing Boing stuff, mm. you have this really limited animation over these rich backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I, I don't know, I really enjoy it. And I think it's really showcased really well in uh, – in this piece, because you see those beautiful backgrounds with those very flat characters mm. and uh, and how they don't always interact well together, but it works so well for other reasons. It just feels so cohesive and pretty. Right, you know? yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just I really <laughs> like him, and I wanted to talk about him. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I appreciate it. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, sponsored by McDonald's. People are taking better care of themselves and their money. That's why they're spending more time at McDonald's today. All right, so, yeah, let's get into it. Um, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I just uh, I just have very, very vivid and fond memories of watching this, sitting in front of the television at my grandmother's house, um, passing out candy, because I didn't go trick-or-treating, unfortunately. Uh, just sat at my grandmother's house, handing out candy to kids who did get to go trick-or-treating. Um, and you are Charlie Brown. <laughs> I was Charlie Brown. I was Charlie Brown. Unfortunately, I didn't get any rocks. But um, So, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It starts out with, uh, we have Lucy and uh, Linus going out to the pumpkin patch and uh, getting the most... Not it looks like a gigantic pumpkin, but you got to figure these kids are like these kids are six, tiny. you know. So yeah. it's it's a decent sized pumpkin. Rolling it back to the house and uh, just just giving it a good old stab. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was it's just such a beautiful scene, and it's just it makes me want to carve pumpkins. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels very fall. Uh, yes, you know the the whole thing about it just feels like fall. It feels like Halloween. Mm. Um, one thing that I thought was really fascinating was that it's two minutes of animation. Yeah, before any dialogue. Oh yeah, they don't talk at all. There is no dialogue at it all. It totally sets the pace for the entire movie. Uh, but it's still really captivating. Mm-hmm. You know, watching uh, watching Linus struggle to get this pumpkin back, and Lucy <laughs> just completely ignorant to that. Yes, as he's rolling over himself, and yeah. she just she takes that knife and just plunges it hard into it. Oh, and his panic you're gonna kill it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so awesome. it's so good. Yeah, you have two minutes of of effective silence, mm-hmm. and then a single line is a joke. It's like, right. It's that is this entire movie exactly. It, it's so wonderful. You know, you've got the beautiful fall scene. You've got you know Vince Giraldi music playing, and it's just. It's just that great. It's like that peanut butter and chocolate combination. It just, just works so well. Yeah, it feels. Uh, it just feels. It feels the season. Yeah, you hear that, you see that, yep. and it just feels like. I imagine if you were in the middle of the summer, sitting in a cool, comfortable room with mm. the shades drawn, and you mm. put that on, 
you could transport yourself to fall. Oh, absolutely. Just by experiencing that one little moment. You could smell the pumpkin spice oh, yeah. if you really wanted oh, to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and right after that scene, we kind of get into the, we get like the opening, opening animation that leads into our title screen. And we get this beautiful, beautiful song. I just love this. I just, I just love that they're running through. There's all these spooky. You got your skeletons and your ghosts and your bats just flying around. They're freaking out, running back and forth and back and forth, and then eventually hiding out in the pumpkin patch with their little heads poking up behind the pumpkins. Uh, it's just, uh, I do. I, I get the feels yeah. like every time. And the, the music is that classic childlike uh, kind of spookiness. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, it's so perfect. Yeah. And that's a really great example of that. Uh, those really flat characters running across a really rich and dynamic background. Right, because they're all they're all huddled together in this one little. It's just mass one little character. It's yes. one little piece. <laughs> yes. And then the background is just moving behind them, and it's so intricate and detailed. Mm-hmm. And then you have like all the spooks and things like that that are yeah. chasing them until they end up in the pumpkin patch. Yeah, it's, it's, so... it, it's beautiful. And then the owl at the end just setting it off, and then of course it would probably go to a commercial or something like that, and then come. <laughs> we'll be right back with uh, Charlie. You know, yeah. it's the great pumpkin, Charlie. Brown, you know, so good. Uh, after that, I think we get uh, we go straight to Linus writing his letter to. Well, I think no, I don't think we get that oh, yet. Before right. that, we get um, we get some leaf action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Charlie's trying to rake some leaves. We get Snoopy. He's like blowing that leaf around. Yeah. Um, he gets that one leaf on the pile, which is just he's like thanks, but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's so, but he seems so genuinely thankful that <laughs> Snoopy helped with the one leaf. Anybody does the most minuscule, like good deed for Charlie. And he is just, he's already, he's mind. had his year right yeah. there. Like that's the best thing ever to right. happen to him. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, uh, of course we get Linus yep. back again. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, just hanging out, eating a sucker. He happens to just take that nice run, jump in the pile. Never jump into a pile of leaves with a wet sucker. And his face is just yeah. covered in leaves. It's just just this really cute, just innocent, fun little scene yeah. that they just put and in there. Words to live by. Oh yeah, never jump into a pile of leaves. I mean, that's I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, that's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, they live, laugh, love. No, no never, never jump into a pile of leaves with a wet sucker. Yeah, that's what done. You mean. Done. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, and then we have the famed uh, Charlie Brown football moment. Oh, that's right. And this is actually the first time that that was animated. So it existed in the comics before. It, it existed in the comics, and this is the very first time that was actually animated. Yeah. So, it, a proud, <laughs> wonderful moment. The thing that was so fascinating to me is how uh, Lucy obviously has always talked like an adult, right? Uh, but the like she talks about getting the letter notarized, right? And that's the reason why she could trick Charlie Brown. <laughs> and it's just like no child knows what a notary is, you know. It, but it works. It right. works. It's so fun. The the like, like you said, like this, you know, the scripts were written by an adult mm-hmm. and read by children, so you're going to get these great moments where it's like. 
I don't even know what the heck that. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? As an adult, I don't even know what some of these words mean, and then these kids are using them, and just like matter of factly, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really yeah, fun. it is, and I think that adds to like the charm of it is these little kids, yeah, speaking like adults. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just so sweet. It was late one night in the castle of the Chicken McNuggets. What are you making? Sauce. We're using my mummy's recipe. Mummy? Uh oh. This better be good. It'll be great. Hmm, does your daddy have a recipe? <laughs> now you can get McDonald's Happy Meal Pails for Halloween. There's a pumpkin pail, Boom. a witch, <gasps> and a ghost <gasps> that glows in the dark. You can get a different one each week until Halloween. Ooh. So, yeah, that football scene, yeah, that was the. Uh, first time that was animated there that's just and again it's it goes back to like why 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 do this to this poor kid yeah over and over and over again yeah she obviously enjoys it enough to have written a fake letter and signed it <laughs> and come up with this whole creative plan <laughs> just to trick charlie brown into falling on his butt i didn't even think about that like she had to have as premeditated yeah. it's not like i'm just sitting here screwing around with a football oh here's charlie brown let me trick him it's like She's going to wake up in the morning. Yeah, that's, that's like, on her to-do that's list. That's end of August. She's thinking about this already. Yeah. She's yeah. like, how am I going to do it this year? Yeah. <laughs> and she comes up with a, the notary issue. Right. Yeah. Oh. Classic Lucy. Oh, oh great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and I think after that is... Uh, that's when Linus... That's when we finally get into Linus uh, writing his letter to, and we come to it, the Great Pumpkin. The Great Pumpkin. I never really got the connection when I was a kid, even though they call it out, the connection to the Great Pumpkin in, in Santa Claus mm-hmm. and how, you know, uh, one, just, just we just believe in different denominations right. or whatever they say. Uh, but it seems like so much of what Linus is doing is mm-hmm. directed towards the Santa-like character of the Great Pumpkin. He writes oh, him yeah. a letter. Yep. He waits for him, but you can never see the Great Pumpkin. No. Uh, and it's just like, I, I never caught that as a kid growing up. And he, he brings you toys, yeah. like he just flies through the air and just, I don't know, just drops toys. Where did this, where did this little boy get this idea? No clue. Because no one else <laughs> believes in it. No, no, nobody else. He gets so berated, this poor guy, even Snoopy comes up, reads what he's writing, laughs yeah. in his yeah. face, and then just turns around yeah. and leaves. Tears in his eyes, yeah, as he walks away. <laughs> this poor kid. Yeah. I mean, and Sally doesn't even believe him. No, no, not she, at first. She no. participates with him, but she doesn't believe him at all. No, no. No, she she definitely feels for him and, you know, she has that connection with him. Obviously, you know, she's got that crush. And she's like, you know, this this guy, you know, he he believes in this thing so much and he just wants to be experience it and be happy and and that's just what he's doing and she just wants to be supportive and and that that's just it's beautiful. You've it's got just, to, you have to beautiful. commend his uh his determination. His determination, his dedication to yeah. his beliefs. Yeah, all of his friends are, are calling him out and yeah. criticizing him, and he sticks to it. Yeah, at the at the end, you know, he's he gives Charlie Brown a what for at the end. Oh there. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and then goes back and says next year. Yeah, next, next year, year you're gonna you, you just wait, Charlie Brown. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's like a if he's just not intelligent, or if it's just pure childhood wanting and determination. I don't know. It's maybe he just. Maybe doesn't get enough toys at Christmas. I don't know. But 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 Linus isn't that that type to I don't think he's like greedy like that. Right. Um he's definitely not greedy. I mean, yeah, he's he make either he heard the story or had a dream or just made it up for, you know, whatever 
reasons he might have, but it's definitely, even though he mentions like, oh, he's going to bring toys to all the good girls and boys. That's not, that's not his ultimate goal, like right. to get all these toys. Cause it's not like he's sitting there writing, I want a Voltron. I want Optimus Prime. I want this and this and this. Um, you know, he's not, he's, he's not out for the, for the goodies. He's yeah. just, uh, you're a great pumpkin. I'm yeah. looking forward to your arrival on Halloween night. It's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just so good. And then, you know, he goes out to the pumpkin patch and he's got his little sign, uh, cause he walks right past, um, Charlie Brown. He's at the, oh wait, he goes and mails the letter first. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lucy follows him out and she's like, you can't, you can't mail this. You can't reach the mailbox. So what's he do? Grabs his blanket, whips it up there, opens the letter, throws it, and it just happens to fly through the air Perfectly. and land right in the mailbox. Yeah, he's I got mean, all the luck that Charlie In your face, yeah. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. And then, because I feel like the mailbox scenes are at the That's same when Charlie time, gets a letter. Charlie gets a letter. Yeah. yeah. That's when he gets the letter. Right. And then uh, <laughs> to Violet's party. Right. And Lucy says, there's no way you could be invited. She said, is it to Violet's party? Because there were two lists made. One was people to invite, and one was not to invite. You must have been on the wrong list. And he just, he just crushed him again, yeah. right yeah, there. Yeah, because he's doing his happy dance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was doing his happy yeah, dance. Yeah, he's doing his happy dance. He was so and excited. Then, and then Lacey crushes him, just, just devastated. And then that's when uh, Linus again walks by with his mm-hmm. "Welcome, Great Pumpkin" sign. Yeah, and uh, begins his, um, what you want to call it. His sit-in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sit-in uh, for the great pumpkin out in the most sincere of pumpkin patches yeah. that he could find in the area in the right cul-de-sac he, area. I don't know because the great pumpkin area. only shows up to the most sincere pumpkin. It has patches. to be very sincere. What what would dictate a sincere pumpkin patch? I think it, it has to be committed to being a good pumpkin patch, right? Like uh, the pumpkin patch itself has to be yeah, committed. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I think this is all about the pumpkin patch. I don't think it has anything to do with the young boy sitting in it. No. Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. No. You have to, it has to be an honest looking pumpkin patch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can't have like a, you can't have. There are a, no gourds. A, no, no gourds. No, oh, heck no. no, no, no. Just, just clean jack-o'-lantern style pumpkins. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, no, no farmer's market stand trying to hack these pumpkins. It's just, no. it just has to exist. For being a pumpkin patch, yeah, yeah nothing more. Sake. That's, do you that's have a it. scarecrow? Oh, you can have a scarecrow. I think I so. I mean, you want to do what you can to a protect the pumpkins and b just again add to the atmosphere and to of the sincere. pumpkin patch and be as sincere as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So, despite his invite that was theoretically not real, Charlie still gets to go to the party. That's another thing. It's like. It, he he's told that he's on the wrong list and that he probably was not invited, but then he ends up going out for trick or treats anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they all gather, get their costumes together. Charlie puts way too many holes in his uh, ghost costume, and uh, Sally. <laughs> so many characters to remember because I have the worst memory. Here. Sally comes up and's like, "Oh, do I get to go trick or treating with you guys?" and Charlie's like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? And uh, this is her response. Do I get to go trick-or-treating this year, big brother? Sure, Sally. 
Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, how do we do it? All you have to do is walk up to a house, ring the doorbell, and say tricks or treats. Are you sure it's legal? Of course it's legal. I want one to be accused of taking part in a rumble. I just... <laughs> she thinks she's going to go out and start brawling with people because she's stealing candy. I just love that. I, I can see Lucy getting a little crazy. <laughs> Where'd, you, where'd you get that full bar? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. down this house. I want that full bar. <laughs> I mean, well, and somebody's handing out these rocks to Charlie. Like, they're trying to start something. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, who's got... Like, do they know Charlie Brown is coming to their house to ask for candy and they just have, like, a separate... Like Rockman, a separate separate bowl full of rocks that just says Charlie Brown on there. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, <laughs> every single good. time they all get these wonderful treats or money. Yeah, I got a rock. I got a rock. Um, the rock <laughs> part. There was actually some back and forth between Charles Schultz, um, Bill Melendez, and Lee Mendelson as well as to how many rocks Charlie was supposed to get. Um, Charles Schultz said, oh, just, just one, just one rock. Well, then Bill and Lee were like going a little back and forth. I can't remember exactly who started it or who ended it, but it just, the longer they argued, the more rocks Charlie got. So it just, he just ended up getting nothing but rocks the entire yeah, night. And the it's, poor so guy. Good. it's so good. Cause the first time it happens, you chuckle a little bit like, oh, poor Charlie. Brown. Yeah, yeah. And then it happens again. You're like, no way. And then it happens a third time and it's just hysterical. And I feel that just, that's just right. Cause if you got one rock and then you got candy the rest of the night, you it wouldn't have it. No. anywhere near the effect. You'd be like, Oh, I got a rock. I'll just toss this rock out. No big deal. I still scored. It's all good. Yeah. But Charlie Brown would not get that. No, that Charlie would not Brown's happen. the type of guy who gets all rocks. Right. I mean, he, he, he legally cannot get candy. There's just there's just no way he yeah. would be able to get candy. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's awesome. And then, you know, we're cutting between um, they're trick-or-treating. Uh, Linus and Sally are in the pumpkin patch. And they eventually go back out to Linus and Sally and just give him another what for, the poor oh, yeah, kid. yeah, they dig into him. Lucy especially. Oh, I oh mean, gosh. Yeah, I guess she's the big sister. But yeah. she... She does not lay off him, and she she got candy for him. Well, she did ask for more. She did ask for. But extra she never candy gave it to him. him. She just told him that you missed out. Yeah, I didn't see that. So you missed out, and then did she keep, maybe the next day? Did she keep the candy? I don't know. I would like to know, but I mean, because at the end of the night, um, she does go back out and carry him in yeah. and put him in bed. Yeah. So I mean, she is a somewhat of a caring big sister, <laughs> but at the same time. I mean, my big brother, he picked on me when I was little, but I mean, he turned out all right. I mean, he never really did anything too sour to me ever. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just that sibling oh, rivalry, but it's it's okay. No, but I, they, I'm hoping that he, she gave him. They criticize him hard for standing oh, in the Oh, God. Bed. And just the, the way they laugh, mm-hmm. just that, oh, just that condescending. Even Charlie just, gets in on it, doesn't he? Well, we can't tell. He's under his sheet, so right. we're not really sure exactly what's going on there. I don't think he says anything in that right in that um, scene, but I I don't think Charlie would laugh because he, he's, he's got to see himself yeah. in that position. <laughs> you know, sometimes like <laughs> that's got to be pretty bad. This part always chokes me up. This Halloween, nothing sets the mood like a movie from Blockbuster. You're getting my fur wet. Sorry. And then from so from there, after they they kind of uh, 
They get into line as they go to Violet's party. Right. The big shindig. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. And things are pretty No hot parents. Hot. Yeah. No wah, no, wah, wah, wah. No, no, There's no wah, wah in, in, this, in, in this entire episode. There's no wah, wahs. Yeah. Not one. Mm-mm. And uh, what they, let's see. They, they use Charlie Brown, the back of his head, yep. as a pumpkin template. Yeah. So that they can figure out how they want to carve their pumpkin. He's all excited. I get to be a model? Yeah. Sweet. And then yeah. They, let me just... Mark permanent marker on the back of your yeah. skull. Yep, <laughs> and it turns out perfectly. Yeah, nice and classic. Uh-huh. They do the bobbing for apples. They do the bobbing for apples, which is a great scene because <laughs> it's Snoopy. <laughs> well, there, there's the Snoopy bit, but before that, it, it's some random voice. We're not. I'm not sure who it is, but it's like. Oh, bobbing for apples. You got the perfect mouth for that. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, it's like, oh, snap. Yeah, there was ever a snap in a Charlie Brown these cartoon. These kids are throwing shade. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, dang. And then, of course, she bows for an apple and comes up. and Classically, she's smooching on. Smooching on Snoopy. They're both yeah. biting that apple, just like uh, Lady in the Tramp with the uh-huh. spaghetti, yeah, man. And she panics. Ugh, ugh. I kiss dog lips. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, what is she called? Dog poison or dog kiss poison? Poison dog lips. It's yeah. poison dog lips, yeah. So good. So good. Poor Snoopy. And then he just crawls off and then um, goes over to Schroeder. Yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, Charlie Brown character, Schroeder. I just love Schroeder. He's just like the, he's the, the aloof guy almost. He's just, yeah. he's just there, but he's got that beautiful little piano that uh-huh. he loves to play. And uh, we get those... Awesome, uh, mart. I'm not sure, like wartime marching yeah, it's, songs. It's like a, they're World War One, yeah, songs. And Snoopy's dressed as the aviator, right? Right. He's got a scarf on and his hat, yep. and he's dressed as the aviator. And uh, Schroeder's playing these World War One songs, and uh, and Snoopy gets really sad. Yeah, and he starts to cry. Yeah, he's, he cries, and then he kind of picks up the pace a little bit, and then he's like all happy and kind of. Marching in place, and then he plays another sad song, and he gets sad again, and and uh, he, then that's when he like eventually crawls off to his doghouse, and that's when we get the World War One flying ace. No, I think scene. this is beforehand. I think the flying ace sequence happens before the party. It's Did that happen kids, before the party? With the kids just before when they're done trick or treating, they're all standing around and they ask, "Where'd Snoopy go?" Yeah. Oh, and that's, oh, that's when Charlie goes into his Charlie story. goes into his story. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, that's right, because he's already dressed up. Right. Right. Yeah, so Charlie goes into okay. a story about uh, Snoopy being a dogfighter oh. in the war, chasing the Red Baron. Oh, I was a little confused, because I thought, like, when he was in the apple bucket thing, <laughs> uh, he wasn't dressed up No, he was. Point. He had already crawled through enemy territory. Mm. And then when we cut away from him crawling through enemy territory, the next time we see him, he's in the water bucket. Oh, okay. Animals. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm picturing my head and I didn't think he was dressed up, but. Yeah, I believe he is. I believe that. when she pulls him out, he's all, he's still dressed up because okay. then he goes over to Schroeder. Right. And that's, and when, that's he's when he's yeah. dancing around and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we have to like backtrack a little bit to the World War One Flying Ace, uh, Snoopy Von. Like the most iconic. <laughs> Uh, Snoopy moment in yes. early animation. It's so amazing. It, it it's a weird concept that they they keep throughout this um, the animations and the comic. I believe I have the Christmas album uh, for Snoopy, and it's like the Red Baron. It's got Santa Claus on there with an airplane, and like I don't know where this 
theme came from. I unfortunately didn't research that part enough, but I did. So oh, okay. I, I looked it up, and Snoopy appears as the uh, as the pilot in 1985, a year before uh, this was released. Mm-hmm. And so most of the 1985. What, 1965, pardon Okay, me. okay, okay. Yeah, 1965, <laughs> the year before this was released. And most of the storyline from um, from this cartoon comes from the comics from mm-hmm. the years before that they kind of put together with a hand, with a couple other sequences. I think um, the the Fighting Aces one with Snoopy, uh, Schroeder and the music, and uh, I think there's one other sequence that was just made for this, this TV movie. Uh, but everything else is very quickly pulled from the comics. Mm. And the story goes that uh, Mendelssohn, Schultz, and uh, Melendez were all together. Uh, and they came up with the entire story for this whole movie in the first half of the day. Oh, wow. And then there was a, a parting moment where one of them says to Mendelssohn, I, I wish there was a way we could make Snoopy fly. <laughs> and he kind of offhandedly says, yeah, I'm an animator. I can do anything I want. That's very true. <laughs> and then then from that, he was challenged to make this sequence, yeah. which just happens to be one of the most iconic, beautiful Snoopy sequences of all time. It, it's it's amazing. And a little violent. I mean, he gets shot oh, yeah. at, you oh, know, yeah. and it bullet holes in his dog clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he crash lands and there's smoke coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's some really amazing things that they do with, um, obviously, the background, yeah. the watercolor background that they transition to. Is yeah. Beautiful. And then... Uh, and then there's like these moments where uh, Snoopy, go- Snoopy goes dark mm-hmm. and like they put shade over top of Snoopy to kind of intensify the moment and stuff like that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And oh, the whole time, especially in the beginning, you've got Charlie Brown telling the story, like this graphic story of a fighter pilot in World War One. Mm-hmm. Like it, not kid appropriate per se. No. But yet the animation is entirely captivating and very kid focused yes. with a dog pretending to be a fighter pilot. Yeah. It's, it's just such, it's again, this, this marrying of adult themes and language and discussions with like very childlike sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And it just, it really works. Yeah. It's captivating. It, it is. It's beautiful. And I mean, the whole show was beautiful. And like after he crashes and he's like crawling through the countryside. You feel that. It's just, oh my gosh, you, you're yes. You're panicking him and like the, oh. yeah, it's dire. I was like, you, you can see the background, you are beautiful there and it's just that dark and spooky and it, it just, it's, it's a World War One story with a dog flying on his doghouse but it just, like you said, it just, it just fits. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it makes no sense for the rest of, uh, of the movie. There's no reason to put that in there. No. You could just have Snoopy dressed up Right. And then that's it. That's fine. Yeah. He could have danced around and, and went off and, I don't know, smashed some pumpkins with a woodstock. Oh, who who yeah. is not in the show at all, is he? I don't know. I, I think he's think... in the very beginning. I, I can't... I, I'd have to go yeah. back and watch it again. Yeah, because at the very beginning, he's just blowing leaves. Yeah. And I don't think Woodstock is in the special. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to look into it. Yeah. Not not less than us rack my brain now because I don't remember seeing him at mm. all. <laughs> it's a, but it's also you know it's another one of those uh, really long set pieces mm-hmm. where you're there's not any dialogue once Charlie fades fades out right and it's just Snoopy in this like effectively like this war sequence mm-hmm. and you feel it oh yeah you feel it and it's so diegetic and strange from the rest of the story but it so works and then mm-hmm. suddenly like. His fantasy is over, yeah. and we cut to the kids playing, getting ready to bob for apples, yep. and then 
he appears <laughs> he appears at the end of the apple at least he pulls it out of the water and it just, it still works oh it, it, it's it's great and it's a great way just to you know snoopy wasn't just there at the beginning you know you you've got this great um solo sequence for him basically mm-hmm. um because i mean that's that's charlie's buddy you know that's one of the, like one of the two people that actually like respect charlie brown for the most part Part I want to say I've seen quite a few, yeah, <laughs> quite a few of the specials. Snoopy is uh, not quite as respectful as yeah, he would right. be, but best friends nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, and so then he goes and uh, sure plays him the songs, and he mm-hmm. gets sad and he leaves. And then we go back to Linus and Sally in the pumpkin patch. We do go back to Linus and Sally, and Sally's getting quite fed up, uh, waiting for this pumpkin guy to show up. And not showing up, and of course Linus is still standing his ground. He's he's like, hey, this is gonna happen. Just you gotta believe and and wait. And and she's getting mad. And at this point, uh, all the kids from the party show up again, and uh, Sally's still still giving him crap. And she says a word that they had to because you know these kids are saying these big words, and. They had to cut it into three parts. She had to say three parts of this word to be able to get it right. She couldn't say the whole thing um, by herself. What a fool I was. Trick or treats come only once a year. And I miss it by sitting in a pumpkin patch with a blockhead. You owe me restitution! Restitution. They had. She had to say rest, it, and tution. I believe that's how they cut it up because she couldn't say the whole word on its own (laughs) it's so good and of course poor linus is just left distraught anybody that was oh his only his only companion his only proponent the person that supported him even just loosely in this pursuit of the great pumpkin yeah is gone she spent 99 percent of that time out there just to drop off at the very end um I can't imagine how cold it was out there, but everybody's dressed, you know, shorts and t-shirts. It's mm-hmm. got, you know, they got to be in somewhat of a temperate climate, you know, yeah. to be hanging out in the pumpkin patch, uh, dressed that light. But, uh, she, yeah, she spends all that time out there just to leave right at the very end. And that's just, it's got a heart. Yeah. It's got to hurt. Yeah. I mean, after putting up with all of his other friends criticizing and teasing him. Yeah. And then. And at the very end, she blames him for ruining her Halloween, and she leaves him too. How is he not in tears? I would yeah. be like any of these kids, like Charlie. Well, see, the only time just... the only time that panic comes for Linus is at the end where he says "if," yes, instead of "when." Yeah, and, that, and so the only thing that uh, that sets him off is this panic about his own belief, right? Right, because up until this point. Like his friends teasing him didn't phase him at all. No, he no, writes not at a all. letter. He goes. Yep. He makes a sign. He goes and sits outside all night, skipping all of the front fun activities. Yep. The only time that he has any moment of panic is when he has a moment of self doubt. Yeah. And he he questions if the great pumpkin is going to come. And right. Say, He's like, "Oops, I said if." Yeah. Not when. <laughs> yeah. He's like freaking out, and it's just wow. His own faith is shaken by himself. Yeah. Not anybody else. Right. But then, <laughs> but then he rallies. Yeah. And he stays out all night till like four yeah. in the morning. Right. Waiting for the giant pumpkin. Right. Until Lucy has to go and pick him up and carry him home. Well, he passes out right. for a brief second because oh, right. Snoopy's out in the pumpkin patch. And scares him. He 
rises up somehow. He's like, it looks like he's 10 feet tall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this could be just a delirious, very yeah, overtired right. Linus. Right. Not seeing things straight. And he's like, he's here. And he just passes out for, I don't know, a couple seconds. And then that's when, uh, wait, what does happen after that? Cause like somebody pops out after that. Cause he, well, that's cause when, that's when, uh, Lucy doesn't come get him cause he is asleep. Well, yeah. So after, later. uh, so once, uh, Snoopy comes out and he passes out. Mm-hmm. Then he wakes up and that's when Sally starts screaming at him oh, for okay. missing the Halloween activity. Oh, and like okay, that. okay. And that's when Charlie Brown and everyone else come to get her. Oh, okay, okay. And right. then they leave and that's when he has his moment. That's right. Uh, and says, if he comes instead of yeah. uh, when he comes. Yeah. And he, he that's becomes he more determined at that More point determined to stay out there. To yeah. stay out all by himself in yep. the middle of the night in mm-hmm. a pumpkin patch with nothing but a blanket. He does it. I got to admire his determination. Yeah. That's absolutely. all I could do. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You got to. Yes. It's also very tragic. Very tragic. Yeah. But it's it's a happy tragic. But even at the end, even after all of that, he still has his resolve. Oh, yeah. Because. Charlie gets into him the next day. Right, right. And he, he stands his ground and says, next year's the year. Yeah, next year's going to be it. I'm telling you. And, and there was another year where the Great Pumpkin showed up in a Charlie Brown special. Uh, and I've got a little bit of that right here. It was not a bowling ball. It was a Great Pumpkin and I know it. Did anyone get hurt? Here we were sitting in the pumpkin patch. And all of a sudden we heard this loud noise. It was a great pumpkin. It was a bowling ball. I had never seen the great pumpkin before. Suddenly, here he was. Flying right by me. It was a bowling ball. I love how he, how Linus in this one, he just kind of flubs the flying lights. He he just came flying by. (laughs) He kind of flubbed that line a little bit. I don't know where my note went on what special this one was, but Charlie Brown and Patty are out somewhere bowling, and a bowling ball just they lose leave, it. They yeah. just lose it, and it comes through, and it just knocks over Linus and Sally <laughs> in a pumpkin patch because he's sitting there waiting for the great pumpkin again, and uh, he's like, "Oh, that was the great pumpkin." No, it wasn't the great pumpkin, and I just love, I just love how Charlie keeps telling. It was a bowling ball. That's, that's Linus. So <laughs> evident as evidence in, uh, it's a great pump. It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. He, he cannot be wavered. He, his conviction to the great pumpkin is so profound and true that nothing could give it to him otherwise. Even evidence of Charlie physically, like, I guess you don't know that he threw it, but yeah, of the, seeing the bowling ball fly through the air. <laughs> doesn't matter but Linus to his own credit like he's rewarded yeah at least in his own mind he is rewarded right. for his convictions yes for sticking to it and I think that right. there's something to say about that yeah it's very sweet and that's it's just one of those things about and and the kids play it off you know so well bringing in these you know if, if it was adults doing this I don't think it would have the same no way it would that's definitely like not have the same effect you know yeah yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a, that charm and cuteness that comes from having these kids engage like that. Yeah. I, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is about it, but... Uh, and they have conviction in their voice. Yeah, like, it's, it's not just these kids. They're not just... Sure, they might be reading a script, but they're they're saying these yeah. lines. They are... Yeah. They're delivering, and it's just, it's just great. It, feel, it just feels good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's the end of the story. Um, still got a little bit here to talk about. Um, that, 
just to cap off, you know, the show itself, I just, like I've said, this special and the Garfield Halloween special are like two of my favorites. And they played back to back quite a bit, uh, on television when, when these aired, uh, quite a bit. And later for the Thanksgiving, um, Chuck Brown Thanksgiving special, we get, uh, Phil Roman, um, animation. And Phil Roman is actually, uh, Phil Roman's animation studio did, um, the Thanksgiving Charlie Brown and then moved on to other Charlie Brown, uh, specials as well as the Garfield. So if you watch like the Garfield Halloween special and you yeah. watch the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, you can definitely tell similarities in animation style, which, um, I, th- I think they work really well together. Right. Like when I think about both of those specials, um, there are the series of specials for both Garfield and Charlie Brown. Like they just kind of blend together a little bit just because most of the time you don't see adults. You're seeing like these smaller creature <laughs> creatures like kids and animals together. So you're not getting adults for most time, most parks, except for, you know, you get John right. in Garfield, but, uh, but, uh, not in Charlie Brown. So, you know, one thing that, uh, having watched this for the first time in a few years, it, I couldn't help but be reminded of Jack Skellington from Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. and how he's the great pumpkin king. Yeah. And the connection between uh, Halloween and Christmas that they exploit really heavily in that movie. Oh, yeah. And how it all sort of, like, it all feels influenced by this it's a great, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And now there's no evidence and there's nothing I mm. find that stated that, you know, Tim Burton ever said that he was influenced by it, but right. there's just seems to be these sort of cultural connections of Halloween and Christmas and how they stack up both in, in this Charlie Brown movie, as well as in Nightmare Before Christmas that I thought was really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I just found, I found that connection. I, all right. It's tenuous. I could have made it up, but <laughs> I, I did see at least, it reminded me of uh, of Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. It's just mm-hmm. the way that in the beginning, Linus is talking about the Great Pumpkin coming on Halloween night, and yeah. and then Charlie Brown begins talking about Santa Claus coming on Christmas Eve, and yeah. you believe in that guy, but you don't believe in this guy, right? And then you you know, in thinking about A Nightmare Before Christmas, we have the blending of those two holidays as well, yeah. You know, and then Jack Skellington being kind of what I imagined to be the great pumpkin, mm. you know, per, not necessarily that sort of dramatic and stylized, but I don't see why I don't see why he couldn't because when Jack Skellington goes to Christmas Town, there is Santa and there's humans yeah. there, so you're getting what essentially is the real world. Right. So why couldn't Halloween Town essentially be existing in the real? world i mean why can't like the the witches and ghosts and bats and monsters be what we're afraid of because they actually exist in the real world so right. there's no reason why yeah, why he couldn't be yeah <laughs> i mean when he first pops out of the out of the fountain he's got that that oh wait no not out of the fountain I can't remember where he comes like he's I can't remember where he, where he first pops out but he's got a pumpkin on his head right so yeah yeah Look what's rising out of the pumpkin patch this Halloween. The pumpkin cutter, a great way to let your kids carve their own pumpkins without sharp edges that cut little hands. It even makes toothy grins easy to do. The pumpkin scoop, removes seeds and pulp better than any spoon. And the pumpkin light, replaces dangerous candles with glowing results. Have a great pumpkin this Halloween with the pumpkin cutter, pumpkin scoop, and pumpkin light. 
Pumpkin Cutter products available at Long's Drugs and Safeway. Uh, going back to poor Charlie Brown and his rocks. <laughs> After watching the show, probably when it first aired, kids were so distraught and upset that poor Charlie Brown didn't get any candy. They actually sent him candy. Oh. They actually sent candy to Charlie Brown. How they did this, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if so you just sweet. put a stamp on a bag of candy and put two Charlie Brown on it. I don't know what the mail companies, yeah. I don't know what the U.S. Postal Service did with all this candy. Uh, maybe it did get to the studio. Maybe they just saw, you know, it was on, I can't remember if it started on CBS or NBC, ABC. I don't know. One of the three on letter CBS. ones. CBS. CBS. Yeah. You know, CBS is getting all this candy. Like, what That's do we so do? sweet. What do we do with all this candy? Poor Charlie Brown. See, even, but, even everybody feels for Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sweet. And it makes sense, though, because I think I was looking into the um, the number of viewers that this had, and I couldn't find any specific metrics from the 60s about it, but there was an interview with Lee Mendelssohn saying that they had uh, like half of the country tuning in. Oh, wow. Now, this is back in a time where there were only relatively three channels, ABC, right. NBC, and CBS. Right. Uh, but still, to have a market share of 50% yeah. is unreal. Yeah. And so you have to imagine it's a lot of like distraught little children and oh yeah candy and this aired in i think october 27th yeah right before halloween right so it was like the perfect halloween. time for it yeah and so you had all the you know, half of the country tuning in to see charlie brown you know get a bunch of rocks in his candy bag <laughs> this poor kid and these kids are i mean and their parents had to have done it for them because yeah. i mean these kids aren't driving to the post office and right. dropping off boxes and bags of candy so these parents are like yeah sure we can go send him some candy no problem <laughs> this this series I don't see any indication as to how many times it's aired, but this airs almost annually. Absolutely. In the same way that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger will... Rain... Ranger? <clears throat> I'm keeping that. In the same way that Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> Reindeer uh, is uh, is shown every Christmas season. Right. That, so... that one's hard to, hard to spot. Like I usually try to find Rudolph or Fro those old Rankin-Bass mm -hmm. uh, animations, all those Christmas specials. And they really don't play those much. Uh, every once in a while, they on freeform. But as far as like uh, network uh, over the air television, you, you're, I just I just don't see it. But Charlie Brown, um, it's a great pumpkin. Does air uh, twice a year um, on TV, and it's actually uh, over with now. But it oh. was actually on tonight <laughs> at okay. eight. Yeah. Uh, so it's so amazing it, though because the again the pacing of this show, like we spoke about earlier, mm -hmm. it's so slow and it's yeah. so different than even modern kids animation. And so it just feels, it, it doesn't feel like it drags, but it, you definitely get a sense of that sort of um, malaise and easy pace about it mm -hmm. that uh, it, it's so wildly different than anything else that's on television. Yeah. And, and I just wonder what a modern audience who wasn't, who didn't experience it, you know, 20, 30 years ago would oh, say right. about it now. having yeah. watched it. Yeah. I would like to get like, so like, you know, you and I were probably watching this as kids in, in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. What, were we like six-ish? Yeah. You know, I would love to see, uh, there's probably some on YouTube, kids nowadays that age watching the special. And yeah, to see, see if what it registers think. for the same way. Yeah. Because it would be fascinating to see if if those themes and the, the, the feelings mm -hmm. that we have sort of in nostalgia about fall and about right. Halloween that are centered around this this movie mm -hmm. resonate with kids nowadays as well. Yeah. 
and if it means the same thing. Yeah. Because to me, the the air of Halloween, that feeling, that atmosphere of Halloween is so perfectly captured by those kids trick-or-treating. Oh, my gosh, It yes. feels like all those times I was a kid out in the street at what felt like really late at night. It must have been like 8.30. Right. Trick-or-treating door-to-door in the dark. Yeah, oh, yeah. It just feels so perfectly captured, and I wonder if, if kids nowadays would experience that same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think that'd be... They watch this, they'd be probably wondering, like, where's their cell phone? <laughs> and, you know, what's a, what's a Halloween party? You know, like, yeah. do kids, I mean, do kids even what do, do they that? wear? What are they dressed as? What, are, what is this sheet? Why does they have yeah. a sheet with a bunch of holes on it? I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they could stand the pace. If they could, if they that, would, that slow pace, if yeah. They would sit and track with it. If yeah. it's as captivating to them as it is to us, even still. Yeah. I mean, it, it, getting an adult. Uh, that hasn't seen like somebody our age that didn't experience that as a kid and seeing what they think about that as well. Cause a lot of times I'll come across people who um, like my parents used to take me to Disney world when we were little. So it's got a bunch of nostalgia for me. So it's like, I always love going back whenever I can. And I meet adults now with their kids. I'm like, Oh, you know, you're thinking about taking your kids to Disney world. It's like never been there, you know, and they're just like, eh, you know, but would that be the same for like, it's a great point. Like, would they feel the same? Yeah, same way about that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have to imagine some of it would still spark, especially for an mm-hmm. adult. Uh, there's enough there to register, both within the theme of it, but also recognizing Snoopy and Charlie Brown and the ga- the gang. Yeah. I think there's probably something there for the adults. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's really fascinating. It's hard to separate whether or not what we get from this mm-hmm. is because of the piece itself. Right. Or if it's because of our experiences and, and when we experience it, exactly viewed into it yeah. as kids watching this, right. Sitting down in front of that giant wooden television with the knob to turn it. Oh God, I love that. And yeah. then like, if you wanted to turn the TV antenna, there's another box on top of the TV and you turn that glowing yeah. knob and then you just hear ka-chunk, ka-chunk, yeah. ka-chunk as the giant aerial mm-hmm. antenna turns to get your TV station in just, that's right. So mm-hmm. you can watch your cartoons. <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh my gosh. Um, that's actually all I've got as far as notes. Yeah, I go. Think, <laughs> I mean, I love, I love this movie. I do too. I love everything it stands for. It'll always be the epitome of Halloween TV. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, for whatever Hocus Pocus is, and uh, even um, newer things. Uh, like over the garden wall. Uh, oh yeah, nothing yeah. registers quite like it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It doesn't. I mean, like Garfield. Garfield almost scratches that itch. The Garfield Halloween special almost scratches that itch, but just not not as quite because the Garfield special is a little a little wackier. It does have that one really spooky mm-hmm. spot <laughs> towards the end, um, but it just doesn't have that 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 beautiful tone. Like it's just. It's, it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown. It's just, it's, it's smooth. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like nice, smooth peanut butter. <laughs> and uh, Garfield just feels a little more nuttier, like a Snickers bar or something like that. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little wackier. I but think we should compare everything to peanut butter. I think everything should be. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, no, it is. It is a nuttier, a crunchier. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's going to do it. Um, we've been talking for over an hour. Woo. Woo, yeah. Yeah, easy. buddy. That's awesome. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for 
for taking some time away from your busy schedule to sit with me and talk about one of my favorite Halloween specials. And it sounds like one of it's our one of yours too. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, this is really wonderful and a great opportunity to come in. This was a lot of fun. Talk, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. thank you for inviting me. Oh yeah, no, you're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, again, this this season is just it's it's my season. I love to fit as much as I can into it. Like I said last year, we were supposed to. Uh, so let's talk about Hocus Pocus and do a podcast, but of course, you know, we get, you know, we both have busy schedules and, you know, things, you know, I had a lot happen last fall, um, that uh, kind of got in the way of that, but I'm really glad we were able to, to swing back around and, and, uh, talk about something that we both cherish yeah, about Halloween so much. It's nice to, to talk about some, talk, it's nice to talk to somebody that, uh, that enjoys this season as much as I do, because a lot of times I, I, gush about Halloween a lot and people are like, what? I like summer. I'm like, eh, <laughs> summer? What do you got going on in the summertime? Nothing. <laughs> what do you got? Sparklers? Fireworks? Ah, get out of here. <laughs> no. Falls where it's at and uh, I just, I don't know, I just, all the specials and like you were talking about like, yeah, Hocus Pocus, that, um, that movie, you know, Sparks, you know, that's one of my favorite like live action um, movies yeah. to kind of get me in the mood but, um, but uh, it's a great pumpkin. I think it's I think it's that way for a lot of people. You know, I think yeah. a lot of people feel the same way. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's gonna do it. If you've got any other words, you have anything you need to plug? Like, no, do you have anything no. you wanna? No, not a I website just, or no, a Twitter. No, I just wanted to talk Snoopy. <laughs> I think we all we all love talking Snoopy. So. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much. I hope you're all enjoying this lovely. Halloween season, and I hope you enjoyed this wonderful episode. I'm so glad that uh, I was able to sit with my good buddy Phil here, and uh, thank you again for stopping by. I really appreciate it. I hope we can do this again, because this was a lot of fun. Happy Halloween. (laughs) All right, happy Halloween, everybody. Good night. Hello, my friends. Dr. Vat here. I hope you're enjoying the Halloween season, and I also hope you enjoyed this special episode of Dizetro. Popcast. I love he's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. He's such a good cartoon. It always gets me in the mood. I'm, I'm usually already in the mood all the time, but this even gets me even more in the mood. Yes. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast so that other people might see it and enjoy it as well. And also don't forget to go to retropopgaming.com for links to the Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook pages. Thank you very much. Have a spooky night.